Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 70, and have we officially hit the, the, the big boy numbers here? Uh, I mean, I feel like triple digits is, is the big boy, the biggest boy number. Yeah, but think, well, well, actually, the biggest boy number, as you hear Jonesy just fucking scamper around, because uh, he, he says I'm the biggest boy. He's yeah, he, he is the biggest boy right now. Um, biggest boy number is like when we get the Joe Rogan numbers, and we have to start counting like a thousand. So, yeah, that's fair. But we we got a long way to get there. We do. Uh, so yeah, we, we're you know what this is. Um, we're pubescent. We're not. We're, we're no longer prepubescent. Mm, okay, we're prepubescent. See, I thought I thought teenager numbers would have been sixty nine because we just giggled for fucking forty five minutes. Well, yeah, so that um, was prepubescent because we just learned what sex was, and now we're firing on all cylinders. So, and now- <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, World Series going on. They're playing Game Three tonight in about fifteen minutes, so we'll have uh, the beginning of it. But it's currently one one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doyers take Game One. The Rays take game two and even it up. It's a five-game sprint. What have you seen good? What have you seen bad from the series so far? So I think the only – if I'm a Rays fan, I'm feeling pretty good right now because the fact that it's tied 1-1 after two, I think that's all you can hope for. This Dodgers lineup is so fucking good. And I I didn't – like. so we talked about it last episode. I don't think Kershaw is an elite, you know, playoff big-game pitcher by any means. But he showed um, up in game one. He did. So I'll, credit where credit is due. He actually played re- or pitched really well. Um, I think the only reason that the Rays lost in such a lopsided – I don't think Glasnow – I mean, we were talking about it before we recorded. Glasnow is not like a true ace pitcher. And I don't – I think he's a little mismatched when he goes up against true actual pitchers. Uh, he's a thrower. I mean, he – he even said it, and the Rays have said it ad nauseum. They just tell him to throw and not even aim. Like they're just asking him to gas people with ninety-nine to a hundred, and then throw a bender and see what happens. But the problem with them is if he doesn't have his ace stuff, and when I say ace, I mean like marginal control. He is the puppy who lost his way, and you got to go out and find <laughs> that fucking dog. Wow, that's a that is a top tier reference. <laughs> you, you get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. And I mean, seriously, like the pitching coach needs to get his ass out there and find that fucking dog because you can tell too, if he doesn't like, he's walking people early. Um, and he's also not great from the stretch. It's, there's a lot of, I don't want to say red flags because glass is still an elite pitcher. Like let's, let's be honest. Like the guys, I would rather throw him out than the majority of people I could. If I'm any manager, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the issue with him is, you know, a good offense can catch up with someone that only has really he, he's a two pitch pitcher. He doesn't have anything else. He has a fastball and a curveball. So yeah. if you can if you can lay off the fastball, uh, and, and by that I mean just make him throw strikes, then the curveball is almost never thrown for a strike as it is. So you you know what you're getting there. Yeah. And, and I think that's the name of the game with, with a lot of these guys that are these new age throwers is you're going to have to force them to throw strikes and, and not uh, chase pitches out of the zone because that is, like you said, the name of the game right now. Yeah, I, I think with Kershaw was such a, a star contrast to a guy like Glass now because Kershaw was throwing everything. He threw the kitchen sink from the first inning on. It was He wasn't trying to just get through the lineup. He really wanted to fool the Rays, and it worked. I mean, he pitched really, really well. Uh, the thing that concerns me with him is he's not, you know, particularly, like, throwing gas anymore. I think he sits around, like, 90 to 92. Uh, so he needs a lot of that control. And he ne- he's almost like pitching like Mike Mussina at this point in his career, where he's relying on deceptive or deception. And if he doesn't have it and he's not locating, that's when he can get hammered. But kudos to him. He pitched really well. I think the Rays' offense, we knew going into any series of this playoffs, the Rays' offense is not is not going to win them games. No, um, it's not. So that's the issue with that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, obviously Glasnow's control reared its ugly head in, in game one. But you look at his line and you emit the, the – like if I told you that this guy goes four and a third, three hits, strikes out eight, and gives up a home run – you would think he ha- he went out and had himself a decent start. Exactly. And then, and then you see six walks, six earned. Yeah, that's where, I mean, anytime I see more, like the walks will kill you no matter what level you're pitching at. It's yeah. like, walks fucking kill you. And I will die on that hill that, you know, I, a walk is worse than a hit in any way, shape, or form. It, because you're essentially just giving away a fucking... You're giving away an out and a base. You're you're basically... You are giving the team momentum that they didn't otherwise have. A hit, I can deal with. Because you're challenging, at least. They're, they got the better of you. I can deal with that. But yeah. when you just start walking people... That, to me, is just, like... Just fucking throw. Like, don't fucking nibble. Especially if you're a guy like Glassnow, who has no control as it is. Like, just throw. Exactly. Exactly. Let's transition to game two... Um, definitely a little more exciting six, four. Um, uh, I mean, just a, a more, a lot more fun of a game. Uh, Snell holds the, the Dodgers hitless into the fourth. He goes four and two thirds, two hits, two runs, four walks, nine punch outs, gave up the bomb. Gonsolin only goes one and a third as the opener. I mean, what do you think about these, these, I mean, the Dodgers deployed, deployed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pitchers in this game. Yeah, well, I think that with that, it's there. It's funny because I feel like whenever teams play the Rays in, in high leverage games, they try to they almost try to steal their blueprint of, of openers and, and mm-hmm. mixing and matching matchups for the sake of just doing it. Like the Yankees did at Game Two of the ALDS, uh, you know, and I think they did it out of more of necessity. But the Dodgers are weird. The Dodgers have you know deep pitching for at least on paper. You would think. They could just play their own game. Um, I think honestly, what's killed what killed the Rays in Game One is that they didn't go with an opener. I think the openers—it's a strength of the Rays because they have so many high-quality arms that are willing and able to pitch an inning plus at a moment's notice. 
I think the Dodgers trying to match that, it doesn't make sense, especially when you could have thrown almost anyone else and, and tried to get four to five innings. Because, again, it's the World Series. You're not looking to get seven innings out of your pitcher. Uh, I mean, you would love to, but you're going to play to the matchups down the line. But you want to get through the lineup at least twice. I don't. I think the opener kind of hurts them, especially with a guy like Dave Roberts. He doesn't fucking know anything unless Excel tells him to do it. So, um I think that's when you get like analysis paralysis, just trying to outsmart a guy like Kevin Cash, who, in my estimation, I don't think he's like some wonderkind fucking genius. I think, honestly, he just knows his team better than most managers know their teams. And there's something to be said for that. I think that's like, obviously, to get here, any team would have will have World Series talent. But there needs to be World Series managing, too. And I think that's what's held back. The Dodgers, I mean, we've drilled it on this show that we that we are firmly out of the Dave Roberts camp. Oh yeah, I mean, you I've been. I mean? He he's just one of those guys that, for whatever, I think he's he is the the full product of just having a stacked team, and all you have to do is, it's like basically starting up a car. You just have to turn the keys, like you don't have to hotwire it, and that's essentially how he starts managing in the World Series. Like I feel like he had. He feels like he has something to prove to show that he is one of the best managers, and he's not. And that's okay. Sometimes just accept it. Like, you are a figurehead, and you're, you're just there for moral support. You don't have to try to outsmart everyone. You're not Joe Madden. You're not Kevin Cash in this case. Just let the fucking players do what they do best and let them play within the game that you've basically allowed them to do for the whole season leading up to it. I feel like he, he gets fucking nuts in this situation. Um it is also interesting, though. I will give him credit. The Dodgers, for as powerful of a lineup they have and for how deep they are, they do the, the little things really well. And I don't know if this is a, man, a managerial thing or an aspect of their game that Roberts has passed on, but they steal a lot of bases. And they run. They're active on the base paths. They put a lot of pressure on the defense at all times. So I will give kudos there. I think that he does have some skill. I'm not going to say he's a moron or a dope. So let me interrupt you here. I I, I agree. They, they are very aggressive base running team, but they're not a good base running team. I would argue. I would argue we've seen a lot of silly base running mistakes, both, both ways in the postseason or in, in, in this world series, two games in. So that's fair. I think I'm. I think you're right. You, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was trying. Like I think aggressive is the way to put it because I think when you with the Rays because the Rays are so young and inexperienced and obviously not except for Morton, none of them have ever been to this stage. So yeah, if, if a team's aggressive and and making you think out there, you're prone to make more mistakes. Not to say that the Rays are going to make a lot of mistakes. They're the best defense in the league, but putting pressure on them in a, in a stage like this, the World Series. Can't hurt, and the Dodgers definitely have the offense to back it up, so you might as well take those chances. I think that's just showing faith in your lineup that they'll come through with runs when you need them. So I I do give Dave Roberts a lot of credit there, understanding his team, knowing his team. Uh, I wish you know more teams would actually invest in the small things like that, that's even fair. if they have a, a, a fucking stack lineup. I, I think it's it's definitely a welcome sight, especially for all the everyone is just like strikeout, walk, or home run. It, that's essentially what we're down to. Yeah, we, we've seen the, the the three true outcomes really um, rear their ugly head in this postseason. I think, and, and just in across baseball, I think, and, and it gets irritating to me as someone who likes to watch you know baseball for for baseball. 
Yeah, it's irritating because like you watch like, some of these guys are just good pure hitters. Like Mookie Betts, uh, also classic Red Sox. Like just pay the fucking guy. Oh. But you know when a third team is trending during the World Series that it's they're just getting roasted. Yeah, not not a very good thing. I hope Alex Verdugo works out for you. But um, <laughs> like Mookie Betts is probably the best pure hitter in baseball. I mean, the guy, like, yeah, he has power, but he doesn't bank on it. He's just a pure hitter. Like, he can hit to all sides of the field. He can hit gap to gap. Uh, well, uh, I there. see what you did there. Look at I see you. What did. Episode that's, 70. Yeah, look at that's that. That's a company man that's right sex there. right there. Yeah. Um, but, he, like, he can do that, and he can hit in, in positions. He can do the hit and run. He can eat. I mean, I've never seen him bunt. I'm not saying he could, but I'm sure he probably could, you know, sacrifice but he, he does all the small things right. It's you know there's very few hitters in today's game that actually play like that. You know you have Mookie Trout's another one who can just hit Lemayhew, situational guy. He's not a power threat, but he can hit to all sides of the field. Like there's very few of them left, and it's kind of refreshing to see them show up like that. And I know Mookie went deep, and everyone wants to talk about the home run, but it, like watches at bats. He works the count. He get he makes contacts. Almost every time, he's not going to strike out a lot. He he works pitchers deep, and then he just pounces. I really like that take. I mean, I I, I can, I'm I'm happy I can finally say I love Mookie Betts because for a while he's I so had much to fun just, to watch, man. He is so fucking good. It's like he is so good. He's worth every penny of that contract. I don't give a fuck how long it is and how much he's getting paid. That like you pay a guy like that, yeah. And this is the stage you ask him to step up on, and he's doing just that. And man, it's exactly it's exactly what you need out of him. Yeah, I mean, he's you now know why they they did that trade, and it just I mean, again, I don't want to pile on, but I will. It's so do. easy. Fuck the it's, Red Sox. It's just like, dude, you have a generational talent on your team, and you gave him up for fucking pennies on the dollar. Like, how the fuck didn't they come oh, away God, with... that's the Cleveland Indians music! <laughs> but, like, how, how did... If you're the Red Sox, like, how do you trade a guy like that and not come away with one of their... Like, how do you not come away with May or Bueller? Like, you're giving up... Or Verdugo. Or, well, they uh, did. You, fuck, I'm stupid. Oh, yeah. Uh, Verdugo, he's, he's so good. Uh, no, but, like, seriously, like, how do you give up someone like that and come... Like, I just... I don't understand the logic, and I never will. Um, but, hey... Red Sox are the Red Sox, and they got cheap Sox at the wrong gonna time. Socks gonna Sox. Sox gonna Sox. They got cheap at the wrong time. They got cheap once they put Tampa Bay blood in the front office, and it shows. Yeah. Um, speaking of blood in the front office, Billy Bean to the Sox? I mean, you want to double down? You want to basically just took the new age Billy Bean in, in bloom. You want to you couple him with Mr. Moneyball himself? I mean, didn't they? I did, I swear I just saw a that he accepted a, a position. Oh, with Fenway Sports. Yeah, I think he's stepping away. That's from what baseball. it was. Yeah, yeah, he's stepping away from baseball completely. I read the article wrong, and I went to reread it in in the wall, as Michael Scott would say, and <laughs> I was incorrect. So. If he did come back, though, um, <clears throat> it would be funny to see him go to Boston because Boston coming from Dombrowski who just spent like a drunken sailor um, and then going to Bloom and then being like you're like what the fuck 
That's like going from Walmart to a mom and pop convenience store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a little little different budget. A <laughs> little bit. Especially now. So we'll see yeah. what happens. All right. Um, where do we want to go? You want to go Gold Glove or you want to go uh, Player Awards? I'll do Gold Glove first because I, I feel like Gold Glove gets overlooked way too often. All right. So I, I was actually going to take the opposite stance here. Um, <laughs> the 2020 Gold, Gold Glove finalists have been unveiled. Uh, we'll go position by position in a minute. But first, uh, explain why you think it goes, It's why it's slept on. I think it's a popularity contest. I, like they just pick the biggest names, even if they have, you know, average or above average defensive metrics. They're always just going to pick the big names. Um, Agreed. And you know why they do that? And this is why I think it's a stupid award, because they pick Rawlings athletes. It's the Rawlings Gold Glove Award. I never put one, two and two together like that. And if you notice, when Wilson comes out with its best fielders of 2020 award. They're all going to be Wilson guys. Hmm. So maybe we shouldn't Not, sponsor so, the, the biggest defensive award. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like uh, th- That is my, I will die on that hill. And, and it's not going to be all Rawlings guys. But, because because, because the, the award has changed. Because I don't think Omar Vizcal was a uh, a Rawlings guy and he has a bunch. But like, Carlos Correa, he's a finalist. He's a Rawlings guy. Um, you know who's not? Francisco Lindor. Oh, he is. Shit. So I take that back. Um, Alex Gordon. Somehow still a gold glove finalist. Alex Gordon? Whew. How? But guess what glove he dons? Rawlings. Rawlings. Yep. Yeah. I feel, So Alex Gordon is definitely a legacy holdover because he was a good fielder at one point. Like was, that, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's a, they fucking choose these names... They're either legacy or they're just the best player at their position. Like, I swear to God, I would lose my fucking mind if I saw like Glaber Torres was up for a Gold Glove in any position. Like just because he's a young, you know, he they it's almost like they they look at the batting stats more than the defensive stats when they pick yeah. this fucking award. It's so stupid to me. Does but Hobby I, I digress. Still, does Javi Baez still roll with his SSK? That I'm not sure. I know he has a barcode on the back of his neck, which is the dumbest tattoo I've ever seen in my life. But a barcode? No, he has the MLB logo. I thought he had a barcode. No, he has the MLB like like the the logo that's on the back of the jersey. Oh, he has that. Yeah. Why did I think he had a barcode? It kind. I mean, I could see how it quick uh, at first glance it could look like it. I thought I could scan this motherfucker out for 19.99. <laughs> and no, Javi still rolls his SSK. So if he wins, I will eat this theory. But I don't know, I, man. He had such a bad I'm pretty, year. I'm pretty sure there that, that one year it was like nine. It was like 15 Rawlings guys. Jesus. And then Wilson rolled out their awards, and it was like 13 Wilson guys. So what did Mizuno have? <laughs> uh, they give you a pat on the back. They don't give you an award. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go pitcher. Or let's go position by position. Uh, Griffin Canning of the Angels, Kent Maeda of the Twins, Zach Plesac of the Indians. Um, I, how do you judge a pitcher's gold glove metrics? I think you just have to make sure they make every play that comes their way. Yeah. Um, I know Zach Plesac has an absolutely nasty pitch off or pickoff move. Um, so I can see why he's in there. But, I mean, pitchers can't make fielding errors. They can make throwing errors. No, they can make fielding errors. I thought it was one of those things where they... I mean, 
nine times out of ten, pitchers will not get a fielding error. That's true. Well, it also depends how hard hit it is, right? Exactly. If it's like, so you're right in that sense that if it's just a comebacker, yeah, they, like, they have some leeway. But if it's like a dribbler and that they just try to go down and they totally misplay it, then yes. Oh, game threes. They have an off day, so I think they're I'm on tomorrow. stupid, dude. I'm so stupid. It's Friday. Or it's not Friday. The game three is Friday. Um, that's so actually, your, technically, uh, game three is tonight because by the time you listen yes, to this. Th- yes. That's your plugged-in host, though. Love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> catcher, AL catcher, Yasmani Grandal, James McCann, Roberto Perez. I see too much of Robo to to not lean towards him. What was your pick, by the way, for for p- pitcher? I was going to take Plesak. I like Plesak as well. I see too much of Robo to probably make an, an informed decision here. I don't understand how the White Sox have two catcher nominees. Um, it's I don't like that either because they don't catch enough games for you to be able to. Yeah, there's, there's not enough sample size, so that's a watch for me. Yeah, so I I, I don't want to I don't want to say Bebo, but I kind of have to now. Yeah, I would. I I can't say Molina. I can't. Well, it's, it's, this is AL. Oh, sorry. I thought you said. I thought I heard you say Molina. No. Uh, I say I said Bebo. That's it. That's Roberto Perez's. Uh, nickname. Boom. Yasmani Grandal, James McCann, Roberto Perez are the three nominees. Okay, so I give it to Perez because I don't like when you split the position like that and you don't have enough yeah. sample size. Agreed. Uh, first base, Yui Gurriel, Matt Olson, Evan White. I think. Do you have to. Well, Olson. I think he got hurt, though, didn't he? Yeah, he missed some time. It would be his third straight if he wins. Um, Evan White led the AL with defensive run, with seven defensive runs saved, two more than any other AL first baseman. Olsen tied for second with five defensive run saves. Guriel split time at other infield positions, had two. Um, gotta go I don't know White. If, yeah, you gotta go White, especially if Ol- Olsen got hurt. I mean, I guess you could make the argument for Olsen that if he had a full seat, well, again, full season and... Quote unquote. Quote unquote. A full sixty. A full if you had the full sixty, um, who's to say you wouldn't be tied or above white? But I don't like playing that game either. It's what you show. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to give it to White. Second base has four nominees: Cesar Hernandez of the Indians, Nicky Lopez of the Royals, Danny Mendick of the White Sox, and Jonathan Scope of the Tigers. This is just the AL Central award right here. Yeah. Um. I. This is a more of a legacy award. If, with where where I'm going to give my nod, I really like Jonathan Scope a lot. I like him. Um, I'm just ta- like Lopez led second baseman with eight defensive run saves. Cesar was second. Mendick was had four, so he finished third. Um, I kind of like Mendick just because he's like he's a rookie and he showed his potential. I don't know what outs above average is, but Scope finished with two which i don't know what that means so maybe he's just like above average at getting out yeah i i guess um i like i i was gonna lean to to mendic if i didn't go with scope but i really like jonathan scope a lot i like mendic i mean I, uh, jesus christ i shouldn't say that i i vote <laughs> i vote for mendic for the, you, <laughs> I vote for Daniel. Daniel, you, you can take this award home. You are a big fan of the White Sox second baseman. I like the White Sox second baseman. He's very good at the sport. <laughs> God damn it. Get a, uh, fucking change your name. I love it. Uh, third base, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa 
of the Rangers, Yon Mankata or Gio Urshela? I'm not even going to ask you because I know what you think. I mean, it's I, it's not it's not even an opinion. It's it's objective. It's Gio. Gio is a fucking top rate glove. I really like Gio. Um, I also really like Yon Mankata. Um, I haven't watched Kiner Falefa. I haven't watched the Falafel Man play enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mankata to be a contrarian. I think it'll be Geo though. It's got to be Geo, and then the Falafel Man. He can scoop some chickpeas into a falafel, but I haven't seen him play enough. <laughs> Shortstop Correa, Carlos Correa, J.P. Crawford, Nico Goodrum. They're gonna give this to Correa. Uh, I don't think so. Where I, do you think? Where do you see it going? I could see it going to Crawford. Goodrum and Crawford both ranked among the AL leaders in shortstop outs above average. Correa has one of the. Sh- <laughs> I just love this article. Goodrum and Crawford both ranked among the AL shortstop leaders in outs above average, and Correa has one of the strongest arms at the position. Great. <laughs> He got straight A's, he got straight A's, and he dresses super nice. Well, by that logic, <laughs> Uncle Rico should be in the Hall of Fame because he could throw yeah. a football over the mountains. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Crawford. I like Crawford. Go He's Cr- good. I mean, fuck Correa, too. Fuck the Astros. Yeah, fuck the Astros. Uh, left field, Alex Gordon, Lords Guriel Jr. of the Blue Jays, and Kyle Tucker of the Astros. Um, sticking with fuck the Astros, that knocks out Kyle. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Legacy Award, so bye-bye, Alex. So I'm giving it to Lord, Lord, Lords, our Lords and Savior, Guriel Jr. Yeah, Lords can meet me on the tennis court. <laughs> I'm down for that vote. I like that one. Okay, uh, we'll move to center. Byron Buxton, Ramon Laureano, and Luis Robert. I am a big fan of Laureano. Laser Ramon. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a no-brainer for me. Laureano... I feel like everyone just talks about Laureano because of his defense as it is. So Yeah, exactly. When you're a guy that's known specifically for defense, it's it's a no-brainer. I do like Byron Buxton, though, and Luis Roberts going to be a problem in the AL Central. Yeah, he will. I, I, I almost like the fucking last name. I was going to say, I like Mendick for that, that same reason, but I, like, I don't want to double down on that stance. And when you have a guy like Laureano who is just such a stalwart at the position – you got to give it to him. Yeah. Right field, Clint Frazier, Joey Gallo, Anthony Santander. If you would have told me that we'd see Joey Gallo on a gold glove list, I would have kicked you in the teeth. Um, and for that reason, I'm going Clint Frazier because I don't think you're allowed to win gold gloves in Baltimore. Um, I would probably give it to Santander just because he – actually did play the position well Frazier I would never I, I just can't bring myself to do it that's true I I, I guess I forget how much he, I... he's such a liability in the field yeah. and again like I don't he definitely improved his defensive metrics this year it has been shown it's proven in his numbers I did read an article like how he was one of the top outfielders in the AL but he also didn't have enough opportunities he didn't play every day um, Santander at one point was lauded as a fucking MVP candidate by, like, game 15. But still, he had a good season. He he does play the position well. And, I mean, Joey Gallo, do I need to say anything? I mean, you, you know what I'm thinking on that one. The only person who had more defensive runs saved than Joey Gallo was Nolan Arenado. 
Hmm. And that makes me not trust the metric. <laughs> that's just, Yeah, that's strange. How do you judge that from a third baseman to an outfielder? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, give me your vote, though. You said Santander? Yeah, I'll say Santander. All right. I, I will switch to Santander as well. Uh, NL, pitcher, Max Freed, Kyle Hendricks, Alec Mills. I'm going to go Max Freed. I was going to say Freed, too. Um, I don't think there's any more anything more to say there. Nope. Catcher, Tucker Barnhart, Wilson Contreras, Jacob Stallings. I just kind of like Tucker Barnhart. I mean, he's good. I, it's, it's like, I, that's the thing. We don't watch enough National League baseball, and I think I think by our own admission. Yeah, I mean, I, this this is kind of a toss up for me. So I would go Barnhart just because. Well, I'll say Barnhart. Sick name. Yeah, he's the, he's the biggest name here. So I'm like, I guess I'm I'm going against the whole reason I hate this fucking award right now, and I'm just going with the big name. And didn't Wilson Contreras get kidnapped? Did he? I want to just Google catcher MLB catcher kidnapped no that was wilson ramos or ramos yep, it was wilson ramos yeah. yep which i mean i sorry he went through that but it's kind of funny to look back it's that it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah i mean i'm very sorry for saying that he's alive he, he didn't die he's alive and well and he's getting paid millions so um okay uh <laughs> first base brandon belt paul goldschmidt anthony rizzo um i just love that the highlight that they're looping on mlb.com is a Paul Goldschmidt highlight, but it doesn't show the actual play. It just cuts after the swing and then loops. Nice. <laughs> like the worst edited TikTok you've ever seen. Um, I'm going to go... See, these are all bigger names. Um, uh, Belt, because he hasn't won one yet. I was going to say Belt, too, because I've actually... I Every time I do watch the, the NL, if there's a Giants game on, Belt does make every fucking play in front of him. Like, I do notice shit he, like that. He can shovel the, it. So, I, I would give it the belt. Second base, Adam Frazier, Nico Horner, or Colton Wong. Uh, NL second base nominees coming out strong with the names. Nico Horner is a sweet name. I'm horny for Horner. Yeah, I think I'm going to go in that direction as well, even though uh, Jason Kipnis should be the one getting the nod. No. Dirt dog. Uh, Dirtbag. Dirt sorry, dirt Put bag. some respect on his name. Uh, third base, Brian Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado. This is a no-brainer. It's Arenado. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, shortstop, Javi Baez, Miguel Rojas, or Dan's Bay, Swanson. Uh, this one's actually tough because Baez These had such three a good shit... shortstops. Yeah, I know, and, and Baez had such a shitty year. Otherwise, he'd probably be a lock. Um, and the Marlins got COVID, so um, Miguel Rojas. Yeah, I'd probably give it a Swanson in this case. I really like uh, Dansby Swanson a lot. Yeah. I, I watched I watched him a ton at Vanderbilt. I am going to give him the nod here. Left field, Shogo Akiyama, Tyler O'Neill, or David Peralta. Again, National League, strong with the names. I give it to O'Neill. I just O'Neill like... didn't have any outfield assists, but he had nine defensive runs saved. I like O'Neill because he's he's fucking fast too. Like, I feel like that plays a part. It doesn't show up at all. Like, it's not like speed rating and MLB the show. But I know he's fast. I know he can get to every ball. Rocket arm looks good in shorts. He's pretty much Josh <laughs> Allen. Yeah, big hands. <laughs> um, so who are you going with? I'm going to say O'Neal. I'm going to say... I like Shogo. I like Shogo a lot. He's fun to watch, but I'll... I'll, mm, I'll, I'll go O'Neal as well. I'll go O'Neal with you. Uh, Ronald Acuna, Cody Bellinger, Trent Grisham. Maybe the strongest group of nominees. Gotta go Grisham. 
Do you? I mean, you don't have to. I just, that's who I like. I like Acuna in this. But that's, see, I don't want to go to the big names. I like Grisham. And, like, Ballinger, I, and Ballinger's a recency bias. I'm going to go Grisham. I'm going to go Grisham with you. Okay. So we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mookie Betts, Charlie Blackman, Jason Hayward. Again, big names. I don't see how you go away from Betts, though. No, I would give it to Betts. I have to. I think Charlie Blackman is a is a good woke take, though. I mean, that beard is amazing, but I would give, I gotta give it to Betts. I think Betts is just a complete player. Agreed. Um, all right, so now we'll move on to the player voted awards. And is this is this new? The Players Choice Awards. I've never heard of it before until now. So it, it's basically the Kids Choice Awards for adults. It's the Adults Choice Awards. So by that logic, Rosie O'Donnell must be hosting the show. I, I mean, pretty much. Um, the Marvin Miller Award. How would you? What, what would you guess the play? The, the Marvin Miller Award is. Uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed this either. The most respected based on his leadership on the field and in the community. And it went to Nelson Cruz. Okay. Did they show who else was up for it? They did not show finalists. Or at least this. Oh, finalists Jason Hayward and Adam Wainwright. Probably give it to Wainwright. Right? Like, fuck. I, I don't know. I feel like I've heard... Well, actually, no. Wainwright doesn't this, really this do be, anything be, for the community. He just has an amazing garden that he takes care of. This is going to be my new fun thing. Is I'm just going to read off these awards, and you're going to have to guess what they are. Jeez. How about the Kurt Flood Award? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, uh, I hate this. I fucking hate this. <laughs> I love this. This is my new favorite bit that we do. Tell me what um, the Flood... Where's the Flood? The Kurt Flood Award was established this year to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Flood's historical judicial fight against baseball, baseball's reserve system that eventually paved the way for free agency. Okay. Andre Dawson is the first winner of this award. They don't really say what it is. So wait a second. Let me ask you this then. If this award is given to the guy that basically broke the barriers down to pave the way for free agency, wouldn't you want to give it to the guy who got the biggest fucking check? You would think, but Andre Dawson, Don Baylor, Mark Belanger, and Jim Bunning aren't active players. All right, so I'm going to give it to Garrett Cole this oh, year. Oh, here we go. The, the the Kurt Flood Award for for selflessness and longtime devotion to the Players Association and advancement of players' rights. There you go. Oh, fuck that. No, it's who got the biggest <laughs> contract. Garrett Cole, walk on up. You got your Kurt Flood Award. All right, Player of the Year. Uh, nominees were Jose Abreu, Shane Bieber, and Freddie Freeman. Who would you give it to in there? I would give it to Jose Abreu. Too bad it was Freddie Freeman. Well, Um, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) He was also the NL's outstanding player uh, along along with nominees Mookie Betts and Juan Soto. Okay, I mean, I would have given it to Abreu just for what he did with that young team around him. Basically just a renaissance year, but sure, Freeman, go for it. Yeah. Uh, NL outstanding pitcher was Trevor Bauer. He bested nominees Jacob Degrom and you Dar- Darvish. Okay, give me the fi- give me like the finalists and I'll see if I can guess them now. All right, uh, NL outstanding rookie Alec Bohm of the Phillies, Jake Cronenworth of the Padres, or Devin Williams of the Brewers. Cronenworth. 
Cronenworth is correct. Nice. NL Comeback Player of the Year, Daniel Bard of the Rockies, Adam Duvall of the Braves, or Will Meyer of the Padres? Daniel Bard. Correct. Two for two. Bard's an awesome story, and I guess I didn't really pay attention to it until this year. Oh, it's also tough because the Rockies kind of suck, so... True. You know. Uh, For those that don't know, guy played... I think he made his debut in 2010, pitched through 2013, and then just got the yips, made his way back. He retired after the 17 season, after a couple years in the minors, then came back and, I mean, made the opening day roster, 3.65 ERA, struck out 27 over 24 and two-thirds innings. It's a good story. I would agree that that's a, yeah, great story and worthy of the comeback player of the year. Um, AL outstanding player, Mike Trout, DJ LeMayhew, Jose Abreu. Abreu, Abreu. You've seen these, haven't you? No, I haven't. I'm just going. I, I swear, I'm going. I'm going from my extreme baseball knowledge and just gut. You're killing it. Uh, AL outstanding pitcher, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Lance Lynn. Ah, uh, well, this isn't comeback. I was gonna say Lynn. I'm gonna say Bieber. Biebs is correct. AL outstanding rookie. James Karen Jack of the Indians, Luis Robert of the White Sox, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners. Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis is correct. Another one. AL Comeback Player of the Year. Carlos Carrasco, Salvi Perez, Jose... Why is Jose Ramirez on this list? Well, he was dog shit last year. That's fair, but... He, <laughs> I mean, he came he back from not, being horrendous. He was, not, he was not Carlos Carrasco or Salvador Perez level of comeback. This no. is by the way. This is by the way for a clean sweep of the player awards. Um, Carrasco, he's the best. Carrasco story. is correct. So good job, buddy. Clean sweep. There we go. Kyle Lewis yeah. was the one that had me. I was like, probably could not be more. This that was difficult. I, I'm not gonna lie. Kyle Lewis was difficult. Oh wait, no, you fucked up on the on the very first one. <laughs> you didn't get you didn't get the MLB outstanding player. Oh, that's right. I said fucking Abreu. Well. <coughs> that's really funny. <laughs> well, that's stupid. Oh, I'm dead. I love it. Um, Alright. We'll wrap up on this. Um, there's, I mean, obviously this was a different year of baseball. We saw a bunch of new rules floated out. We kind of talked about what we want to see stick, what we don't want to see stick. What do you realistically think will stick going into next year? I mean, if you had asked me this when the when the year officially started, I would have said the the DH rule would absolutely stick. But as we but. as we read, it's uh, that's kind of on the hot seat right now. And I don't understand how or why. I mean, maybe what they're gonna do, or, or they're just gonna do it in the sense of, we'll let the CBA expire. Well, oh wait, no, this is a new CBA coming up after this year, isn't it? It is, but that's, I think, why we're having this discussion, because there's no revenue... Rev- I shouldn't say there's no revenue. There's there's going to be a lot of... Um, I don't think you're going to see a big splash in free agency, regardless. Um, and I think if you are MLB, knowing that a lot of hitters can make more money with eligibility to be a DH and on any team, it fucks the owners. So 
this is Manfred basically protecting his owners from not having to shell out money they don't have because you're essentially extending credit at that point. So I think when you when you shrink the market by 50% and have, you know, only so many openings for a DH spot, you're eliminating the need to overspend. So I, I think this was a calculated move by Manfred and co. Um, if I were the Players Association, and here's what I don't want, all right? Like, we went through enough bullshit getting this season, COVID or no COVID, don't lock out, don't be an asshole. Please don't lock out. Like, just fucking move forward with whatever is proposed. You're, this sport cannot take any more bullshit. I mean, the fact... It's finally on the rise. I know. The fact that we just had the numbers come through for the ratings on the World Series versus the NBA Finals. Come on. Like, just keep this momentum going. Don't fuck around. And, I mean, like, we we understand there's going to be a very challenging road ahead with revenue. So, make the most of what you have. Please. Please do not lock out. I'll cry. I, I I will shed man tears. Dude, I almost shed fucking man tears this year because it was like what June when we I think when did we talked to Mitch was that uh, like June I want to say. You're asking me to go back into quarantine brain, and I don't know if I have that. We'll say May or June. We'll keep it. We'll keep some parameters there. But I, when we talked to him, I mean, this guy's getting fucked more than anyone as a minor leaguer. And even he was saying like, I just want to play. May May twenty eighth, we spoke to him. Jesus Christ. Uh, but still, like, just don't lock out. Like, the fans, like... 20 has been so fucking long. But you know what? It has. But here's the thing, too. If, if fans are going to go back to the ballpark, don't fuck with your biggest revenue driver. Like, just don't... Like, we are the, the stream. Do not fuck with us because I guarantee you when people get back to normal and baseball is back to being baseball again, no one's going to fucking pay to see these guys if they just view them as selfish assholes. Like, I would do it now out of necessity just to do something other than stare at my fucking wall. But given a normal circumstance and I have the choice in front of me, say, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Let's watch on TV. And that's what a lot of fans are probably going to think. So don't ruin the sport. Do not ruin the experience. Do not ruin fans' experience of your sport. All I got to say, Manfred, if you're listening, just fucking listen. Please listen. I'm so interested to see, I mean, is it any exaggeration to say this is the most important offseason in MLB history? Yeah, because you have a CBA coupled with the fact that they are losing money hand over fist. Um, Yeah, this this is a big one. I'm so intrigued by this offseason, and I just, I know Manfred's gonna fuck it up. And I am sad. Yeah, I. Is it wrong that I'm placing my faith? I I'm I want to be optimistic. This year has not been an optimistic year, but I'm trying. It has not. I am trying to be optimistic in a time where optimism is at an all-time low. That's I, fair. I just. Um, I, I hope the playoffs stick. I've thoroughly enjoyed this playoff. Oh, this has been awesome. Like, this is something that you can't go back on now. Um, I think I think there's one thing to perfect it. One, one game thing. plans with the worst teams? Nope. That's actually not a bad idea, though. I don't hate that. Um, you go from eight teams to seven teams. 
and that way, so th- this year you're taking out the Blue Jays and the Brewers. Fucking fine. And now you're giving that the the, the team that wins the division or, or wins the one seed, I should say. Mm-hmm. You're giving them a buy, and you're so there's a fight for the one seed, and you don't have to worry about the best team in baseball getting accidentally bounced. Yeah. Other than that, keep it exactly the same. So I would keep the buy. I would do the buy like you're saying. I would also make it a play in between the seven and eight seed. Um, to play the two seed from there. I don't hate that. Like a one game, because I don't want to see like a sub-500 team just automatically lock into a three-game set. I think that's bullshit. Looking at you, Houston. Fucking assholes. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Man. You got anything else, buddy? No, just uh, got a little curtain call. Oh, okay. Lay it on me. I think Trevor Bauer... Is going to sign with the New York Yankees. Oh. Let's have a feeling. I think Trevor Bauer will sign with the Houston Astros. Ooh, actually, that's a good call. I can see him going there just to be a, a prick and troll them. He is in full heel mode. He and is I the biggest troll he, in the world. I think he knows, the, he knows the amount of content, and he knows... It's just like, um, just like Colin Coward loves to dog Cleveland because he knows we click. Trevor Bauer knows that Houston clicks, and he they they will they will fight for their right to party, and they will dog anybody that doesn't want to. I kind of love that take. I'm in on it. One year deal to Houston. $6.9 million. $6.9 mil with a $420,000 signing bonus. I could see it. I, I can honestly see it. That's our curtain calls. That's it. That was a good one. That yeah. felt good. Um, until next time, he's seven. I'm Tommy. Enjoy the World Series. It's going to be a long off season without baseball, so let's hold on to what we got. Until next time, we're out. See ya. And they don't have no award for that. War for that. Trophy. They don't have no award for that. Shit don't come with trophies. Ain't no envelopes to open. I just do it cause I'm smoking. Bitch, I go to drink.